Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Heartfelt Consciousness, and I'm your guide, Laura Bender. So this week, I was able to chat with Maria and Johan Hegg, and together they make up Hegveger. Um, so they have some really incredible offerings to inspire your physical practices, uh, to help maintain and restore physical, mental, and emotional balance, and most importantly, bringing you closer to nature. Uh, the one that we are all part of, as well as our own individual nature. Uh, so hope you enjoy the episode and I'll check you with you guys at the other side. All right. So welcome guys. Uh, thanks again for joining me. I just wanted to also kind of bring out the fact that you're my first international guests uh, way over in uh, Sweden. So thanks again oh, for spending honored. your time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Um, so I actually uh, was kind of poking around on uh, Instagram today, um, just between my couple classes I'm shuffling around. And I noticed you guys, uh, you take them often. You you kind of travel up to a, an area uh, that kind of looks like a camping, like you spend some time camping outdoors and spending time with nature. Um, so was that like something that you just decided to kind of take on a whim or you kind of been enjoying that through the pandemic? We actually were lucky enough that just when the pandemic started, we got a cottage on an island called Gotland oh. and traveling there is really safe. No problem with the distancing. So, um, we were on that island where we have a cottage, but you know, it's, um, crazy beautiful and very rare nature around there so we're yeah. going there like once a month yeah oh awesome get out into nature and you know just have a barbecue or just sit by the campfire and watch the, the ocean basically it's, uh, oh it's, that uh, sounds that sounds amazing super relaxing and super nice yeah i wish that <laughs> so i kind of wish that we had a little bit of that well i mean there's areas here that are very um I guess, nature oriented, like we we're lucky enough, at least where I am in Ohio, we have been blessed with uh, a lot of just Metro parks that they've kind of converted in different ways where they, they have had an added like an all purpose trails. Um, it goes right along the river that, you know, travels to the state and, uh, but they left uh, hiking trails, horsebacking, you know, things like that. So people can um, just, be with nature, not necessarily camping so much in that area, but um, just, yeah, having a, a little bit of kind of a getaway. And that's been uh, one of my definite uh, things during this past year is just going to that space and just enjoying it during the, during the summer months, for sure. That's not awesome. In um, in the winter too, actually. So like the past, um, I actually starting in January, I, um, so last year, <laughs> Let me like many things, they all got canceled. And uh, I actually am a runner and I, I had registered for a half marathon in uh, the big, actually it was the end of, might have been the end of uh, 2019 to run in April of 2020. Well, that got canceled and it got pushed to this year. Well, then they decided, well, we're still not going to do this in person. So you can just run it wherever you want to run it. It's just going to be a virtual kind of race. So uh, in January, I, I prefer actually this kind of training. 
I like when it's cold out and I like spending time outdoors when it is kind of cold um, and actually running in the cold. I find even though I'm putting a couple layers of clothing on to prepare for it, I, I, I just, it's a little more peaceful for me because there's not going to be as many, as much noise from other things going on. If there's cars driving around or other people, because really the only people that are out there are people that are, that are running like me or training for something. So that's about it. <laughs> and the animals, of course, too. Um, but yeah, I, I had a couple really amazing experiences over the past couple months. Um, but it has been a little bitter cold. Um, there was a, there was one day where it was probably like negative five. And I was like in Fahrenheit, in Fahrenheit. And I was yeah, kind of like, eh, that's still pretty cold. Yeah, that's 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 kind of chilly. Um, yeah. but I but I got it done. I I ran with a friend of mine, we got it done, and uh that was the end. That was like okay, that was that kind of was not fun, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we finished it. But anyway, um, so enough about me. <laughs> um I again I I want to thank you for spending your time here today and um I would like to give uh, the listeners a little glimpse of your journey with yoga and then other forms of movement that you guys incorporate into your uh, practice sessions and classes. So I'm uh, growing up, I was a horse girl, so I had horses. And then I think just before I turned 20, I sold my last horse and I turned into a gym rat instead. And from a gym rat, I found martial arts. Mm. And then I started working, walking, working in the restaurant business and that made it hard to keep up with training. So eventually I started to trade DVDs, training DVDs. It was at that time when you didn't have online training. So yeah, we did DVDs and uh, I got a yoga DVD and I tried it at home and I got instantly hooked. And I think that what attracted me the most was uh, discovering a great possibility in the body, which also, I think, pushed me a little bit too much over a lot of boundaries over the years. Yeah. But that is how it started with the yoga. But um, then I think not, not long after, I was a fire performer at the time as well, and I needed another, needed another female performer for a gig. So I brought on a girl who... I just heard of and she was a yoga teacher and then I was like wow that's what I want to do when I grow up when I'm done being a bartender and a fire performer <laughs> so I just called her yoga teacher and said like I want to be a yoga teacher when do I start you're like wait well why don't you come to practice and I did yeah and never stopped but then I think it's been quite of an evolution and so much is happening in the world in the modern world of yoga and I think my trust has been, um, it's been let down by some male teachers, yeah. uh, really good physical practitioners, but not really good practitioners of yoga in general. Mm -hmm. And that has set me off on a journey of discovering physical practice on my own and also realized over the years that some of the things that we do within yoga to help the body is, um, what do you say, it's uh, counterproductive. And then you meet with, I met with physical therapists, some of them just judgmental, others of them really hardcore physical practitioners as well, contributing to what we do and giving new perspectives. So it, the practice has developed and I think we stepped away a little from the yoga label. Mm -hmm. um, 
And we're bringing in martial arts because that's what we uh, really love to do. And I think it brings in a good dynamic to the practice of yoga. Absolutely. I would agree with that. I actually, um, and actually around the time that I initially reached out to you, um, I had taken one of your seasonal classes that you had offering. It was a, called ISA. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I had to listen to the audio really a couple of times. I'm going to make sure I, I say this intelligently. Um, so which, and generally from my understanding, it's a practice that might be done during colder months. Um, so speaking of like your ancestry and even like the mythology that's within um, your culture, um, so you have authoring offerings that are just kind of centralized around seasonal practices and then art, like you mentioned, you're kind of drawing in the martial arts uh, inspiration and warrior sequences and different restorative practices. So can you explain a little bit about how these different types, um, these different types that you offer just in your, just your general class offerings that you have? Well, so when it comes to the Isa, it's, uh, well, first we should probably say that with Norse mythology and how the runes are being interpreted, Mm -hmm. it's not a living tradition. No, it's, it died out with Christianity. I think it's, maybe it's been a living tradition in some places in Iceland, uh, but it's not like the yogic traditions Mm. uh, or like native American traditions. So some of it is just interpretations uh, but when it comes to the Isa practice and the runes and their symbols and the meanings, it could relate to the seasons of nature, mm-hmm. which is a big part in Chinese medicine as well, traditional Chinese medicine, which I think also humanity has become greatly disconnected from, like mm-hmm. the rhythms of the seasons. Yeah. Uh, but then we can also, it can also refer to the cycles that you are in yourself, the Isa Uh, meaning ice, that you can be in that stagnant state yourself. And sometimes we're trying to break out of that state where everything feels like it's stagnated. But what we actually need to do is to stop and stay and realize why are we stuck here and not just desperately trying to get out of it. So it's a little bit about getting in tune with nature and getting in tune with our own cycles. Yeah, I like I really enjoyed that practice, you know, because I think I you know, I think I, even when I, when I spoke to you about it, it, it very much resonated with me because it does, it does remind me of some yoga, yoga type practices like yin, for instance, you know, there was a lot of just holding, um, and stressing joints. And, but then at the same time, at the end of the practice, there was like a a amazing yoga nidra practice, which is again, something I, I normally practice on pretty much daily. Um, and yeah, I just felt like that was just a perfect combination of different aspects of things kind of brought together. I really enjoyed that. Um, so I think you mentioned this in your class descriptions, you referring to like the coming into your own physical alignment uh, or alignment mentally and physically as uh, an ever ongoing work. So when you're guiding students through these practices, how are you actually doing the work, cultivating mind, intentional life off the mat, or maybe outside of uh, the studio or something like that? Well, I think when I started to practice yoga, uh, every class was built around like a peak position. Mm -hmm. So it got very goal 
oriented and that is uh, really triggering the ego and the want. Like I want to get there. I want to do that. And then you end up pulling your hamstrings and stressing your shoulders too much and so on. So what we come back to all the time in the practice is to uh, take the role of the observer uh, with the reactions of our body to what we do, because of course we need to offer modifications and degrees because we will be in different states in our bodies. But a lot of time you see one version that you perceive as the more advanced and you immediately set your ambition towards that. So we try to just remind to be very present with the signals in your body and also the signals from your mind. So in a way, I think that yoga, as it's portrayed a lot of times, probably mostly in social media, it becomes very goal oriented. And what I would want it to teach and to offer is more presence. So I think that is what we're trying to do throughout the classes to not go for that, go deeper, push harder, hold longer, uh, but to feel. Yeah. Where is the limit? Is that limit a thing of the mind? Is that resistance something that you have to break through? Or can you discern that that is a resistance, uh, resistance that's just um, something that's unfamiliar and uncomfortable for the mind? So, Or is it really the body seems stop and saying no? So I think that kind of talk throughout the practice. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. So, um, you know, obviously being in a different country, things are different pretty much everywhere. Like, actually, it's kind of funny that uh, today and even this week, all of a sudden, like our, the United States has kind of been in this like, OK, we're all going to be vaccinated probably in about two weeks. <laughs> like it's just kind of just all of a sudden exploded. Um, so being across the world, you know, experiences obviously have been extremely different during the pandemic. Um, so what, what is one valuable lesson that you feel that you learned during this time? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's well, pretty... First of all, let me just start by saying Sweden actually is one of the few countries that, that's been like sort of semi-open throughout the whole thing. We haven't had any really hard lockdowns at all. So yeah. we, I think we've been fortunate in that way, even though we've been hit pretty hard but not as bad as many other countries. So yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I mean, I, I don't know. You had a you had a good uh, a, a good thing you were saying earlier. Uh, I think it brings up like a lot of thoughts. But we are not so so badly affected here. And the two of us were were very fortunate as well, being okay financially. Yeah. Um, but it also seems like the world is actually trying to make people to slow down. Yes. And you have to find contentment where you are and in yourself. And that stresses a lot of people out when we cannot search for contentment outside of ourselves. We cannot consume, we cannot travel. Uh, we don't have that same freedom, freedom that we take for granted. And I mean, for a lot of people in not so fortunate countries that are daily life, like not having toilet paper, we, they would probably not have it even to begin with. So yeah. it's it can be a bit distressing to actually see that. And I think it's hard for myself as well. I'm often getting caught in the hamster wheel and then all of a sudden it stops and I just get tossed out of it. Mm -hmm. Planting. So I realized that goes for myself as well in, in other situations, probably not so much with the COVID situation, but it's really apparent that we 
do not have that kind of contentment with slowing down and spending more time on ourselves and being content with what we have. And of course, that's easy again for us to say who are not suffering financially as much as some people probably do. Right. right. Yeah, but I, I think also for, for me, like a, a lesson that, that I think that I have learned that we've learned both of us is that to appreciate and experience nature, like that appreciate what we have close by because often you think, well, well, well we're going to go on vacation. We want to go to Thailand or you want to go to Florida or you would go like far away from where you are. Mm-hmm. And now you can't really travel. So then you start um, experiencing and, and, and discovering like interesting, beautiful places right outside your door, basically where you can go out and just, as you said before, spend some time barbecuing or camping or just walking through the forest. I mean, we're fortunate in Sweden that, that it's really easy because you can walk anywhere, even on pre- people's properties, basically, because like a, a forest is for everyone, even if someone owns it, you know? So Interesting. The, it, yeah, it's, it's really, I think that that thing is something that we've learned to appreciate what we have around us more. Yeah. So, and, and I think actually that's true. And I just made a realization that what, when you get into isolation, what you hear is coming from the online world. So maybe also we don't hear all those people who are that so happy that they are discovering things um, around them in their close proximity. Yeah, but yeah. what we see is rather um, the discontentment and people are frustrated. That is what media will portray. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I had to, and even now I'm still kind of disconnecting a little bit from, especially Facebook seemed to be really the kind of the culprit, I think, in a lot of things where it's, you know, it's great. Everyone's connecting, but then at the same time, there's just arguments about ridiculous things. And, you know, this person has this, why don't I, it's, you know, it's the continuing cycle of just creating suffering within everything. With Facebook, I think it's like it's like you can't connect to everyone, but do you really want to? I mean, (laughs) exactly. There's a lot of people out there that you would never have given a second thought if it weren't on Facebook. Yeah, like people, random people saying stupid stuff. You would just turn your back and walk away. But when it's on Facebook, like it's kind of it kind of gets an interior. Yeah, yeah, it stirs you up. It stirs things for sure. Yeah, (laughs) agree. If it's one out of a thousand who's behaving like that in, in that environment, it still will make the whole the whole bottle go bitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's the truth of it. Well, awesome. It sounds like you guys have a great, you know, I actually really like your uh, space that's behind you too. Now that's, that's, is that actually your studio space that I've seen um, that's online or is that your home? It's both. both. <laughs> it's both. It's kind yeah, of in our home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of. This is a pretty old house. It's it's a it's a log house, uh, but it has like panels on the outside. But I think the oldest part of this house is from the late 18th century. So. Oh, very cool. It's been around for a while. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I have a friend um, that I'm going to be working with, kind of outside of uh, my other job, but 
she just moved to an area of Tennessee, which some of the country, some of that country is just, you know, very old. Or I don't know if the home she lives in is super old, but uh, every time I do a Zoom call with her, it's the same. It's kind of a similar background. It's literally a log cabin on right. the inside of it. And then she said she lives over like a, uh, right over on, I guess, overlooking a river or something like that. And I'm like, wow, that's got to have oh, some cool. crazy energy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she even works with uh, a lot of sound. So, you know, that's, that's all integrated there too. Well, awesome. Well, I thank you guys for uh, just offering your time, your energy today and just spending time and just kind of sharing um, your practice and all of the practices that you have um, and your thoughts and everything like that. So really appreciate it. So thank you again for spending the time with me. I, thank you very thank much. you for inviting us. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take care. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So hope you enjoyed this conversation with Maria and Johan and be sure to check out the show notes for a special discount code to check out some of their offerings. And as always, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends.